Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up, Nets star Kevin Durant hurt his knee over the weekend. Just how long is he going to be sidelined for Brooklyn? And the Lakers, they've been anything but showtime as of late. But why LeBron apologize to fans on social media yesterday? Plus, it's like the red zone, but for hoops. So we'll take you from game to game with live looks across the matinee schedule. NBA Today starts right now. Dr. Martin Luther King was not considered a sportsman, but his vision for an America where content of character reigns supreme reflects the core value of sports. Nowhere is Dr. King's ideal more evident than in the National Basketball Association, where African Americans have established a phenomenal legacy. This wasn't always so. From outright banning black players to enforcing racial quotas, the NBA initially followed the norms of a racist society when it came to his treatment of African-Americans. Eventually, those barriers fell. I may not get that with you. By the time Dr. King was assassinated in 1968, African-American dominance in the NBA epitomized Dr. King's dream of a world where talent and drive were all that mattered. Today, the NBA continues to be defined by black athletes and black style. Dr. King gave black athletes a voice his death encouraged them to become activists and push the league to embrace social justice issues. In Dr. King's memory, black athletes continue to echo the meaning of his life. Thank you for that, Bill Roden, and welcome to NBA Today, your home for the NBA on ESPN. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Richard Jefferson and Mark Spears is in studio today. Adrian Wojnarowski, Ramona Shelburne, David Miniman, and Tim McMahon are going to be joining us with reporting throughout the show. We have a lot of news to get into and games to check in on around the league, but first, today we celebrate and honor the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. So Mark, I want to start with you here. What is the significance of Dr. King's legacy, particularly in the NBA? NBA. Well, across the street, I just talked to Tyron Lue before their game, coach of the Clippers, and he says this game is on the same level as the Christmas game, not only for him, but his family. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers, he's also across the street getting ready to play. He said there's a lot of pride that comes with his, this game. And if you look across the league, if you could pick a day to take your family, this is a cool day to take them to a game. Mm. The two main places I'll tell you to go to is Atlanta, where Hey, that's the home of Martin Luther King. Uh, the Civil Rights Museum is in Memphis, but there in MLK, they, they have an MLK wall now, and they also have a gospel choir that brings in the starting lineup. They should do that every game. Memphis, no one does it better. They have a bunch of plenary discussions the whole weekend, and uh, go to the National Civil Rights Museum before or after the game. 
But yeah, this is certainly one of the more memorable days of the season. There's a lot of history to soak in today, and there are a lot of games to be played. So as we celebrate Dr. King, there is a 12-game slate, and it's already well underway. Nets, Cavs, Bulls, Grizzlies, they both tip off in this hour. And then later, we get an Eastern Conference Finals rematch between the Bucks and the Hawks. That is going to be the good one. And then the Jazz and the Lakers, they are our nightcap. But I do want to move on to the biggest story from the weekend, and it involves Kevin Durant. So remember, Katie was injured on Saturday. Saturday against the Pelicans and sources told our Adrian Wojnarowski that the injury was a sprained MCL in his left knee and he will be out for four to six weeks and the New York Daily News they are never shy they reacted to the injury by calling the Nets quote one and a half men that refers to Kyrie Irving's ability for road games only so here's Steve Nash the coach of the Nets pregame today talking about KD take a listen we just have to do the best we can. We can't cry about it. We can't uh, feel sorry for ourselves. We got to keep building, see what we can learn and how we can grow during this period of Kevin being out and how we can continue to move this thing forward. So when they do come back, we're in a better place and uh, further along and he can rejoin us in a place where we can feel better about where we are in, in that part of the season. So for more on this, we're now joined by senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. So Woj, what else can you tell us about the timeline here for KD's injury? Well, look, I think the way this timeline falls, four to six weeks, is what the Nets expect. comes right in the middle of the All-Star break. So the idea that they would bring him back prior to the All-Star break, I think you can probably forget him for Cleveland, the All-Star game. But they come out on the 24th. That's when they would play their first game coming out of the break. And at that point, you know, you're around that five-week mark. And so I think that's, for now, a good early benchmark around the Nets for a return. But you'll see how it heals. And listen, there was a lot of su- – there was a, despite the fact that you're losing him for a month plus, there was a sigh of relief around the Nets on Sunday morning when the MRI showed that, you know, Kevin Durant will play again this season and should be back healthy, fully recovered, certainly in plenty of time for the postseason. And MCL sprain, similar, right, to what we see Anthony Davis going through right now. 11 of the Nets' next 14 games are on the road, so that means a little bit more Kyrie Irving we're going to be able to see. But, Richard, KD, he's been a part of the MVP conversation this season, and he's been absolutely brilliant for Brooklyn. So what will be the keys for the Nets to stay afloat now that he's out for those four to six weeks, as Woj is reporting? Well, obviously the key to me, uh, the the 11 out of 14 with, with Kyrie, that's huge because now you get, like, a whole lot of Kyrie. It's not a, a, a game in, a game out, two games in, two games out. You actually can build a little rhythm. But this falls straight on James Harden. James Harden has been, you know, one of the top players in this league, and including last year before he popped his hamstring, he was in the MVP conversation. And this year he's been off to a slow start, adjusting to the new rules, not quite having his rhythm of the James Harden that we're familiar with. But now this is your time. This is back to being your show. You're going to have some help on the road with Kyrie there. But James Harden has to get back to that space of being one of the top five players in this league. Well, and he is top five in minutes. So was Kevin Durant. So we're going to see how that adjustment is made too, Mark. Yeah, and the Nets have this really small lineup or this small backcourt with, you know, Patty Mills uh, joining Kyrie. But the guy I'm keeping an eye on is the former LSU star Cam Thomas. Mm. In three of the last four games, he scored over 20 points. He's averaged 13.9 points this month. They need him to give some scoring off the bench, especially if Patty's not going to be there.
He hit that game winner the other day. He yeah. was looking pretty good for them. And then Steve Nash today, we heard a little bit of sound from him on Kevin Durant. But he also mentioned that Joe Harris, who has missed a significant amount of time after undergoing surgery, is on this current trip with them. He's not expected to play, but he's slowly getting himself back on the court. So if the Nets can get a little bit healthier here, then maybe they can get into a little bit of a rhythm that Kevin Durant can then slide back into, Woj. Yeah, and they're, they're hoping certainly to get Joe Harris back. They've taken their time with his rehab last season without KD, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Nets won 16 of 19 games. Mm. Mm. So they're hoping if they can replicate that this season, then they should be just fine. I do want to get to Pelicans and Celtics, which was our first game of the day. That's already wrapped up. It was a story of two entirely different halves here in Boston. So we see Jason Tatum. Let's go to the first quarter. Brandon Ingram. Oh, B.I. And he was getting whatever he wanted early on in this game. Yeah, I love my guy Williams, but I think you're putting him on an island if you have him guarding him on the perimeter. But then we go to the third quarter. Boston, after being down by double digits, sneaks their way back in behind Jason Tatum. Yeah, the Boston Celtics have been really kind of confusing. They've been hot, they've been cold, but Jason Tatum has been playing better basketball. And I think, to me, it has to do with Jalen Brown starting to get back. You know, again, it's still early in this game. But I like the way the Celtics are positioned to finish this season. Well, and then the way they're positioned to finish this game. So they were down by as many as 18 points, Mm -hmm. and then they're able to pull out the 104-92 win. And when I'm looking at the box score here, what I am looking at is two things. In the second half, I'm looking at uh, Dennis Schroeder had 18 points. Jason Tatum had 21 points. The Celtics, they shot 16 free throws versus the Pelicans. They shot just nine free throws is the difference in the game. Richard, you said you have confidence in the Celtics team despite the way that they're playing right now. Why? I have confidence because ultimately I think that this team, and I know there's a lot of trade rumors going around with, with you know, Grant Williams or with uh, 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 yeah, I, look, Jalen, they, they say Jalen's not going anywhere. And Woj says Jalen ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I believe him. But I just think to me, I think there is a little bit of fire in this group. It's like, hey, if we like each other, if we like playing here in Boston, we got to push this together. And I think they're probably sixth in talent, and I think they're going to hover around there this year. So what is the Celtics' mindset as they are approaching the trade deadline? Yeah, listen, it's to build around uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, not to break those two up. And I think the hard part for Boston is what are the other tradable assets that they're willing to move on from? They don't want to trade Robert Williams, mm-hmm. their young center. Uh, that's that's a player that they you know really see you know I think at the center figuratively of, of what they're doing moving forward. But I think Marcus Smart, some of the young players on the roster, you know, second and third year guards forwards. I think they're seeing what the value for those players out there. Josh Richardson, but I'm not sure. And Dennis Schroeder, that's a player I think if they can keep building up his value, he's on a one-year deal, six million dollar contract. I think those are all players available in the marketplace. Can that get them involved in a Ben Simmons? No, it can't. But I think they still want to find, I think, another uh, you know, playmaker, wing player to complement the two all-star forwards. And you mentioned Ben Simmons. We'll ha- we will have an update on him later in really? the show. But one of the <laughs> fun really? parts about today, Richard, is we get to pop in on some live games. So let's take a look at the 76ers and the Wizards. They are currently in progress. So let's take a look at the first quarter. Kyle Kuzma. Fast break. Oh, covers it. Okay, Kuz, I see you. I wonder what he wore today. Do we have any? Do we have any oh, inside look on his outfit? Whatever today? it is, I will make sure that we I get one in your size. MLK-ish. MLK-ish. Okay. <laughs> but Kyle Kuzma's in having a great year. Look who he just.
just dunked on. There's not Bella. that many folks that can dunk on him. Very few so of well us can dunk on him. I see you, Coos. I see you, Coos. Listen, um, don't get into the detail. I hear you. Yeah, very few of us. That was a, a little subtle little flex there. All right. Well, game is at halftime. We're still going to have a little bit more on that game later. We still have so much coming up on NBA Today. Up to the minute news on the injury status of Draymond Green. How long until the Dubs get Dre, their heart and soul back? Plus, Russ had a little bit of a streaky week, but it was LeBron who apologized to Laker Nation over the weekend. What he said and why he said it. And we have a special treat in a little bit. The big O himself, Oscar Robertson, joins NBA Today with his memories of Dr. King. Lift every voice and sing. Martin Luther King Jr., I think he left us with a sense of pride, you know, not letting what he built, you know, go to waste or, you know, be in the backdrop. We had to carry on his legacy. So there's a certain pride, you know, that you take with MLK Day and a certain pride that you carry yourself with, you know, being an African-American. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. Richard Jefferson and Mark Spears still here. But now we're also joined yeah. by our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. So from the East Coast, which we were just talking about with the Sixers, let's go to the West Coast and Draymond Green, who is out at least two more weeks as he deals with that calf injury that the team announced is related to a disc in his lower back. So Mark Spears, you were based in the Bay Area. And initially, Draymond told you that he didn't expect to miss much time here. What changed? Yeah, a week ago, he thought he had a possibility of playing in last weekend's game. Obviously, that didn't happen. The sad thing is the calf injury ended up being a lower disc injury, which is certainly scary. But, you know, I text with him today. He said the tightness has improved, which is a great sign to him. Uh, he's doing more daily. He also said that the two weeks of being out is legit. So get used to Jonathan Kaminga. I think this will be yep. a good time for that rookie. But Draymond is optimistic that the back isn't a major issue and he'll be back in two weeks. Legit, not a major issue. But Ramon, is there any element yeah. of this that is precautionary? Oh, yeah. There's All of this is, is a precaution right now. But I was scared when I saw that update, Mark. Like, yeah. when you see a lower leg injury tied to a disc issue in your back, yeah. as somebody who went through this myself, um, that means there's a spinal nerve involved. And when you have something like that, that is a scary thing because it, it, you don't feel it in your back. You feel it down your leg. Um, and I text, you know, Steve Kerr obviously had had a back surgery as well. I got nervous when I read that, but he says, no, it, it, we really are just being cautious here. It's not as serious as a surgery kind of thing. This is, this is just being cautious because they frankly need Draymond Green later in the year. And it really is going to be at least two weeks. Mm. They have a seven-game homestand. He will not play in all of it. Yeah. Well, they... They need him. We can see it out on the floor. And Richard, your best friend Perk, he said that Draymond Green is the heart and the soul yep. of this team. So do you think the Warriors are going to miss Dre more on offense or on defense? Let's first start with the best friend conversation. I can't stand Perk, never have. Now, to get back to this team, I think they're going to miss him more on the offensive end. I don't remember what I said this morning, but I'm going to go with the offensive end, mainly for this reason. When you look at how he is the hub of the offense, he gets other people involved. He has a relationship with Steph Curry, and I'm going to be a little disrespectful. I don't know if Steph is Steph without Dre on the floor. He makes things so much easier. He understands things. Now, Steph is going to be great. I'm kind of kidding about that. But Draymond adds to that energy. He helps navigate everybody on the offensive end. And Ramona gave me the most amazing stat when we were having this conversation. They have been held to under 100 points in five out of the last six games, right? 
Yeah, well, that was just an alley oop. You, could, no, so, you, no, you don't I need to credit me. I gotta, okay. I gotta drop my sister. Needs to credit me. People because would know that that just didn't come from him. No, 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 not that one. But this <laughs> comes, but but that just shows you with the way he moves that offense, the way he makes sure that everybody is involved and everybody has energy. You can see it in his absence. Five out of the last six. That is not how the Warriors want to win games. Well, and they've had some ups and downs, yep. some bumps and bruises, losing to the Timberwolves, beating, uh, beating the Bulls, like it lost to the Bucks. It's like it's down. it's been Very really up and down. Yeah, yeah, it, yep. it's been a little bit up and Very down. Clearly, Draymond Second. Green, if they can get him back, they will be happy about that. But at least two weeks. Ramona, though, I understand that you have an update on Ben Simmons. The trade deadline, it is getting closer every day. What is his mindset as we inch closer to that deadline? You know, it's interesting because he does want to move on, of course, and restart his life and his career. But he's been going very diligently to see some, to do work with his therapist. And, and I think the sense is, if it takes the entire season to trade him if it takes all year for for the Sixers to find a trade that's acceptable for them he's prepared for that and it, it's it sounds unbelievable to think like a guy who is still getting fined for every game for every practice for every weightlifting session that he's missing as of the January 15th paycheck that he got there's still heavy fines being laid on him every single time he's okay if it goes the whole season if that's how it goes so that's simmons mindset what is the sixers mindset and and we're having this is where we go into the game of chicken they say the same thing i mean joel Embiid was quoted after the game saying we have everything here we need that's a heck of a statement we have everything here we need in other words I'm not going to put pressure on my organization to find a resolution with this Ben Simmons trade because, frankly, if you've watched Joel Embiid the last 30 days, he's been one of the best players in the league. Look at his stats. And he's also, and I I checked in, I go, what what did you mean by that? And he goes, I actually like the challenge of winning with these guys. I believe in these guys, and I like this challenge right now. Um, So... We'll see if anyone blinks here, but right well, now they're digging right. in for the long haul. The Sixers, though, they've won 9 out of 10 entering yeah. today. And Joel Embiid, to add to what you said, he said there's no urgency to change anything. We got everything we need. Yeah. So he likes the challenge, but Richard, do you think the Sixers <laughs> can win the East as presently constructed? It, it, look, the, the Sixers team is not about winning a yeah. conference. Their goal is to win a championship. They were the number one seed last year. This this whole little dynamic of chicken going back and forth. First of all, Ben Simmons is looking at the Philadelphia 76er and he's like, for my mental health, for my emotional health, I do not want to play in this organization if you're not going to pay me at all. And they're going to sit back and buy, well, we're going to get the best deal. The only person that's really struggling in this, to me, is Joel Embiid. Because Joel Embiid and players have a small, small window to win championships. And this is a championship caliber team, especially if you add an all-NBA you know, defensive player of the year candidate in Ben Simmons. So it is a terrible, terrible toxic situation there, even though both most sides are saying, hey, we're fine. We'll wait. Okay, well, Terrible. if they want to win the East, they're going to have to go through maybe the Bucks, possibly the Nets. So let's take you to Nets Cavs, which is in progress right now. It could also be Atlanta. It could be the Wizards. Who knows? All right, let's take a look. Live look. The Brooklyn Nets, they're up by five. Ooh, my goodness. Now, before this, though, there were boos and cheers for Kyrie Irving. Remember, he can play in Cleveland. Ooh, get him, Kyrie. He doesn't care. That right wing, boy, I tell you, you want to get a little bit closer. You want to get a little closer if you're on that. If he's on that right wing. And Darius Garland has been 
Amazing. All star. All star. Him, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley's rookie of the year. JB Bickerstaff, even with the loss of Ricky Rubio, has been proving to people that he is one of the best coaches in this league. No, I saw hey. Mobley at USC last, yeah. last season. Yeah. I didn't see it this quick. I just didn't think his body. I didn't think he had the, the mobility. The fact yeah. that they're playing him on the perimeter more with Laurie Markin in at 6'10, six, 6'11, six, six, and Jared Allen. The but fact it, that they can hey, play but it was like days. you with the Pac 12. They packed the lane and didn't let you go in there yeah. right when he was there. Now it's open for him. Oh, now it's open. It's time to go to work. Yeah. Trying to go catch some bodies. But I, look, Darius Garland has been making sure that this in five runs. people down the court. He's quick. But, I mean, how many people he just run by on that? Mark Spears, do you <laughs> think Darius Garland is an all star this year? Uh, Got to have so, one. Uh, yeah, but is the one Jerry yeah, I mean, the coaches are going to have to get him in. Obviously, the fans aren't. You wonder if his points per game is high enough, but I do think the way that team is playing, they deserve somebody, especially in Cleveland. So I think they'll they'll end up getting one. Okay, now we're not going to get too deep on this rabbit hole, but Darius Garland obviously he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL, you know, getting ready for the not getting ready for the draft, but that yep. last year yep. there were a lot of people that liked him as much yep. as they liked John Morant. They liked him. They they were like, yo, him and Ja are the two best like guards in this. And, and obviously he was coming off an injury, so there was some yep. uncertainty there. But make no mistake, there's a lot of GMs in this league that love Darian Scott. And he can shoot it. He can shoot. And he can drop dimes. Yeah. Love him. Well, and he has Rondo on his car. Talk to him. All, all yes, of this is true. But speaking of all-stars, it wasn't that long ago that LeBron told doubters to quote, keep that same energy. But now he's apologizing to Laker Nation what he said and why he said it. That is coming up shortly. Plus, the big O himself, Oscar Robertson, joins us in studio in just a bit. The former MVP tells us who he thinks will win the award this season. And the streaking Mavs silenced the Grizzlies over the weekend and continued their recent surge. How for real is Luka and company? Stay tuned. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Community leader, P. John Thompson, back in, in uh, Washington, D.C., PG County. Um, he was, for a guy like me, he was like the president. He had that big towel over his shoulder and six foot ten walking the sideline coaching his team but he cared about people you know he was a voice for those who didn't have a voice and uh, he was he was a man a coach who stuck up for someone like me Welcome back to NBA Today. So let's get to the Lakers who had a little bit of a rough weekend to say the least. So on Saturday, they suffered a 37-point loss at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic had 17 points, 13 assists, and 12 rebounds in the effort. LA has now lost three straight games. Here's what the Lakers said after the loss. 133-96, largest margin of defeat this year. Teams are just playing harder than us, simple as that. 
Playing harder to me is not like something you got to go work out to, to figure out how to do. To me, it's a, a simple fix. Either you play hard or you don't. And in order for us to win games, we got to play harder. Got to get back to the drawing board and, and get our defense right. You know, we haven't performed well enough uh, in the last few games, but we're working on it. Uh, we're doing everything we can, but you know, definitely not where we want to be. It doesn't really matter what you do on the offensive end because if you can't stop nobody, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes you just got to look yourself in the mirror and just own what you're doing and then figure out how to be able to collectively do it as a team and play harder. So when Magic Johnson takes to Twitter in a negative way, you know things have gotten a little bit real. And he did that on Saturday night, tweeting in part, quote, we as Lakers fans can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Owner Jeannie Buss, you deserve better. So for more on the tweet heard around Laker Nation, we're joined by reporter Dave McMiniman. Dave, you were in the press room when Magic tweeted. What was the reaction amongst players? Yeah, Malika, everything was real on Saturday night other than the efficacy of the Lakers' defense. Now, LeBron James, it's a very rare occurrence for him not to speak following game. It was just the second time all year that he didn't, but it was another bad loss for one of his teams. He's lost four out of his last six games playing in Denver, and it was left up to Russell Westbrook and Dwight Howard to respond to Magic. Russell's point was that Magic hasn't been around this team and so he has no business to speak on the Lakers. Now, Magic, because the Lakers don't have a mascot, he kind of fills that void. He is the voice of the fan. He's been associated with the franchise for 30-plus years. Uh, but Dwight Howard wasn't even asked about Magic, and on his way out the press room echoed uh, Russell Westbrook's sentiment. So that let us know that that tweet was resonating within the Lakers locker room. It got their attention. And LeBron James made a tweet last night saying he apologizes to Laker fans uh, based on how things are going this season. But it didn't sound like Russell Westbrook wholly disagreed with the sentiment of, well, we need to play better, we need to get it together a little bit, just maybe the tact in which it happened. Now, the Lakers, they face the Jazz tonight. They've had some success with LeBron at the five. So what should their plan be tonight going against Rudy Gobert? It was interesting to see in that Nuggets game them going away from LeBron at the five, starting Dwight Howard against Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic still had his way against Dwight Howard with the triple-double. And the question is, will Frank Vogel go back to LeBron? Because that has been a consistent part of a positive identity that they've developed in the last 13 games since Anthony Davis went out with his knee injury. And certainly, if you can see things that work, you are potentially looking at a future playoff opponent in the Jazz. They are on the upper tier of the conference. The Lakers are going to have to work their way into the bottom tier of the conference. And you can see if you could have the same type of effect that the Clippers did last year with Terrence Mann against Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, nullifying his effect, perhaps that could be a preview of what the Lakers could do with LeBron manning the middle against this Jazz team. Well, two more home games for the Lakers tonight against Utah and Wednesday against the Pacers before they go in their six-game East Coast road trip that we've talked so much about. Dave McMenamin, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. So you mentioned it. LeBron James, he did not speak to the media after Saturday's loss, but he did tweet, like Dave said, hashtag Laker Nation. I apologize, and I promise we will be better. So I want to bring in our full panel here and Richard I'm going to start with you oh god what was your reaction to LeBron James's tweet no player so I've been very fortunate I'm not going to list all the players that I've been fortunate enough to play with Jason Kidd Tim Duncan Dirk Nowitzki Steph Curry are they fortunate I, to play with you no they're not fortunate yeah. to play it's a cross <laughs> that they all have to bear I have never seen a person have full understanding of everything good 
is my fault and everything bad is my fault. And that's what you see here with LeBron. He's not talking about Russell's not playing well. He's not talking about Anthony Davis has been out. He's just like, at the end of the day, if we if we get this, if we have all the positive things happening with a number one seed, everyone's gonna look at me. If we're struggling, everyone's gonna look at me. So he's stepping up. This is a sign of leadership. Now, does their team suck? Goddamn right they do suck. They suck. <laughs> badly like it is it is really bad to watch them it's hard to watch and this is the thing that i think makes people really understand how bad they, they've been struggling is that no one is looking that when anthony davis comes back they'll be fine they're I like know. man things weren't pretty when he was here so even when you add anthony davis into this mix there's still a boatload of questions well and ramona you have covered lebron yeah. and the lakers for for many many years what was your reaction to that i mean look lebron doesn't do anything without being intentional about it so when he left without speaking that was intentional because he knew he could not say anything nice that night. And he doesn't apologize in the way that he did without that being intentional. Because I, I think LeBron's being good LeBron right now. He's not mm -hmm. going to undercut anybody. He's not going to sell anybody out. But can we just back up for a second? Magic Johnson, who quit on the Lakers a couple years uh, ago, is going to say any more effort? Like, I, I just... But you know, it's it's, it's, it's sacrilege <laughs> to say anything negative about Magic, even though Magic deserves some of it. None of the players who went and took the podium, and Russell Westbrook, they didn't say anything negative about right. no. Magic Johnson. They said he is entitled to his opinion, and yep. they also didn't disagree with the sentiment of effort. Correct. Anyone looking at that game against the Denver Nuggets, yes. who, by the way, yep. are undermanned, even though they have superstar Nikola Jokic and the reigning MVP, anyone looking at that effort is not going to say, you know what, we did our best, we are proud of that. Oh, so God. there was this sort of push-pull that was happening in that game. All right, so from one super franchise to another, the Knicks, they just wrapped up the game against the Hornets. Hornets taking on the Knicks, and it was all Miles Bridges. So in the second quarter... Bob Bridges is, is, he's my favorite young player in this league. Why? Well, go ahead. Well, is he the most improved yes, player? Yes, he's the most. At this point in time right now, look, you can mention a lot of players. You can mention Ja. You can mention even his own teammate, LaMelo, who has made a big jump this year. Don't even forget about Bain in Memphis and some of the things That's that right. he has done, the jump that he has made. But I think Miles Bridges has been the most improved player this year. That's fine. He had a career-high 38 points. His plus-minus, mm. plus 26. He was Five of nine from. Three. I'm telling you, your career high. Get it in the garden yeah, this year. I mean, I think there's a few. Good, as you mentioned, Bain. I think Tyrese Maxey's mm -hmm. in the in the hunt for that as well. Absolutely. Um, there's some really good candidates this year, but. Oof. I think he's in the, in the lead right now. How do you see the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, so high on them coming into the mm -hmm. season. And then it was sort of like, okay, they went through a little bit of a slump yeah. here, and now they're sort of starting to course correct. How do you see the end of the season playing out? I, I love them. I think me, personally, I think they can make it to the second round if they're playing well, if they're healthy, if they have their full lineup. Because they have so much depth, and they play a great band of bas uh, brand of basketball. They're one of the best at assist in this league. They're always topping a, uh, a 30 assist mark. And that's one of the things that means that, yeah, Melo Ball's the top, but you got Terry Rozier, you got Gordon Hayward, you have so many guys down the line that contribute, and the jump from Bridges, year on year, he keeps making an exponential jump, which is rare for players of that talent. So as we look at the Eastern Conference standings here, the Knicks are 10th. Down there at 10th, they're tied with record-wise with the Wizards. So, Ramona, there were such high expectations for the Knicks coming into this year after getting to the first round yeah, of the playoffs. Excuse you, Richard. <laughs> what what how can Look, they sort of turn this around? I mean, we saw some of this start in the first round of the playoffs last year against the Hawks, right? Where they solved Julius Randle, they shut him down, and then when you shut down the best player, 
the rest of the guys got to step up. They, they tried to add scoring and they tried to add shooting to this lineup and it ended up hurting them defensively. They got to do something and they actually have a fairly decent roster to work with here. They're not hamstrung by any really bad contracts. I'm, I'm excited to see what Cam Reddish does when they get him going. I, look, look I, I think Cam Reddish is a good, is a good addition, but like you said, to yeah. your point, you added offense, you added Kimba Walker, you added Evan Fournier because you were like, yep. hey, we have a great defense. We can go from, let's say, rank 10 on defense to rank 13, yep. but if we can up our offense from 17th to 12th, we're making you know a positive right. move, but they just haven't been able to yeah. put it together. They just haven't also had a consistency out of that center position. Like last year, Nerlens Noel, to me, could have been first-team all defense. Like He was that good and, and that important. He has, he's been in and out of the lineup. Mitchell Robinson hasn't been the same guy. Like They just need a little more consistency on that back line. Well, and they set the bar. Their fans, Correct. they set expectations last season. And all I'm going to say is six players this year, they have set their career highs at Madison Square Garden. Ooh. Welcome so, to the club, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I'm sorry you're in the same club as Richard. Ramona, thank you so Thanks, much for Lincoln. joining us today. Really appreciate it. Coming up on NBA Today, Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson joins the show to discuss the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King as well as his top MVP candidates. That's next on NBA Today. Pick. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. As we approach Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the NBA continues to honor Dr. King's pursuit of racial, social, and economic justice. justice. And this week, the NBA is leading multiple league-wide efforts to unite our communities through service projects and celebrations in his honor. So to learn more, visit NBA.com slash MLK. And our crew is rocking the MLK gear right here on our set. And... On this date, in 1961, Oscar Robertson was named the MVP of the NBA All-Star Game. He dropped 23-9-14 as a rookie, leading the West to a win over Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. And at the time, Oscar was the youngest player to ever win MVP at just 22 years old. Now I'd like to welcome back Hall of Famer and NBA 75th anniversary team member Oscar Robertson. Oscar, thank you so much for stopping by NBA Today. Well, thanks for having me. We really appreciate you coming on. And as a former MVP yourself, we have had so many discussions on this show about who is the front runner at this point in the season. But who would you pick as your MVP so far? Yeah, several candidates, really. You can't pick Mont Curry, uh, Durant. I, th- I think that you can pick the uh, kid at uh, Chicago, DeRozan. Mm. Jokic. You know, I, I think there, there may be 10 players right now because... But the, everyone, everyone thinks you get to have to lead in in scoring. But what you, what you, how do you contribute to your team winning and your overall effect on the NBA? Well, and it's a good thing we have a little bit of season left so that they can separate themselves. You sound like our friend Kendrick Perkins, who said a couple of different guys throughout the course of the season so far. But you are synonymous with the Milwaukee Bucks. How confident are you in their chances to win the East this year? 
I've always said they're the champs until they're beaten again. You know, they don't they don't have all their contingent of players together yet. You know, once they once they get healthy, I I, I think they'll, they'll be tough to beat. I don't think anyone can stop Giannis. Any team that has Giannis Attentacumpo on it, you're right, is is pretty tough to stop. Before we let you go, I also wanted to touch on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who we are celebrating today, who was still alive during the start of your playing career. So what does Dr. King mean to you? He, he means he's a visionary man. He, it means that whatever we achieve today, he, he's responsible for it. Uh, he was a visionary person, religious person. We wanted to do everything not with, with no violence, which is a which is a terrible thing today because it seems like there's so many, much violence going on today. It's unbelievable. But he believed in nonviolence, and he, he convinced uh, the politicians and convinced the whole USA of America that nonviolence was the way to go. And through his nonviolence works and his teachings, he made this a better life for, for a lot of a lot of a lot of people, especially black people and whites as well. You know, I think everybody benefited from Dr. King and what he did. Did you see Dr. King's teachings impact the NBA? Oh, of course, because I, I think what it's done for the NBA is given them a voice. It's given them more success as far as for making money. And it's taught them that they can, they can speak out without have, having anyone punish them. And that they can speak out. They can get organized and talk about certain things. They can tell people when things going on in society that they don't like, which is wonderful. Leading with love, leading with kindness, and I've said it before, Loving versus Virginia was passed the year before Dr. King died. And so for me, at least, to be standing here and to be talking about Dr. King, it is something that is very personable, personal and something that we should all take a lot of pride in care in. Oscar, thank you so much for joining us on NBA Today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Check out our Wednesday NBA doubleheader, the Hornets square off against the Celtics to start us off at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Clippers, they take on the Nuggets. Our NBA doubleheader is available on ESPN and the app. And then on Friday on ESPN, the Raptors, they visit the Wizards at 8 Eastern. Our coverage tips off with a one-hour edition of NBA Countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. Coming up, the Mavericks, they've won eight out of their last nine games. What's changed for them? Tim McMahon will tell us next on NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I don't know if it's a community leader, but I, but I know she's a leader. That's my mom. Um, just because she's just, she built, she created me. Things that she instilled into my mind um, on how to approach life or stay ahead of, ahead of life as much as you can. Uh, is one of the reasons why I am today. Strong, single mother, two to three jobs just to make sure we have food on the table. Just things like that to where you don't take for granted and you try to do everything uh, to make, make life easier for her.
Welcome back to NBA Today on this Martin Luther King holiday. Luka Doncic and the Mavs, they have been one of the hottest teams in the league in 2022. They beat the Magic on Saturday night to improve to 8-1 and one since New Year's Eve. And this was after snapping the Grizzlies' 11-game win streak on Friday night. So for more on the Mavs, we're going to be joined by ESPN NBA reporter Tim McMahon. Tim? Nobody knows the Dallas Mavericks like you do, and I just mentioned it. They are 8-1 and one since New Year's Eve. They have wins over some of the top teams, and that includes Golden State, Chicago, Memphis, and that's just to name a few. So what are the biggest keys to this turnaround of their season, Tim? I mean, really, the biggest key is the Dallas Mavericks have morphed into this defensive monster. This is a team that for the last few weeks has been the best defensive team in the NBA, and that's certainly not something you would have imagined saying about the Mavericks going into the season. They're ranked fifth in defensive of efficiency overall for the season. I think you have to give credit to Jason Kidd. You have to give credit to defense coordinator Sean Sweeney, who filled in as head coach while Kidd was out. Uh, these guys have come up with a scheme, you know, they, they, and really more than anything, they've gotten these players to buy in. There's pride, there's effort, and this, this transformation started when Luka Doncic was out, and he has come in and he has fit in. Since he's been back, they've actually been better defensively with Luke on the floor than when he was off. That's quite a change from early in the season when, if we're being honest, uh, he was a major minus on that end of the floor. Well, and you mentioned it, right? Luka Doncic is averaging nearly a triple-double during the stretch, 22 points, 10 rebounds, and 9.3 assists. But I also want to talk a little bit about his trash-talking lately. So here you see him right now. He's getting into it with Franz Wagner. This is on Saturday night. So what is his reputation around the league when it comes to trash-talking now? Luka runs hot, and that's, that's no secret. You know, you can ask his former head coach, Rick Carlisle, about that. I don't know if that's trash-talk, but certainly... Uh, there were words exchanged there. He's a guy who's been known to uh, have a few things to say to referees. He can cuss in multiple languages, which is really a strength. But if he feels like he is being disrespected, uh, he's going to let you know about it. And I think especially if he feels like he's being disrespected by an inferior player. You see Pat Beverly. He told Pat Beverly last year during the playoffs, you're too bleep and small after scoring on him. And, uh, and he was right about that. And I don't know that Pat Bev had a whole lot to say the rest of that series um, and you know this is a kid who he's very competitive I think he can overheat at times but uh, you're not going to get Luka Doncic to to shrivel or to back down when things get tense and things get heated well swearing in three different languages I have a teeny little feeling to McMahon that you might have picked up some of those but don't say them now do not say them on live tv <laughs> no only dose for me only yeah. dose for me okay well don't sh don't share them let's see if there's any more blow-ups tonight when luca and the mavs host the thunder tim you will be in the building thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate it we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show kyle kuzma you asked about his outfit yes, richard well don't worry we, we got, got it for you i knew he's got, we got, got it for you what do you think kyle was gonna show up for us he was going to show up for us. Look at this fit. I don't even know if I got time to stand up. What kind of shoes are those? Can somebody tell me? I am not that. I'm a, I'm a Jimmy Choo Manolo aficionado. Oh, here that. we go. Humble brag. Uh, it's the shoestrings for me. That's what I'm digging. But you know, look, Kyle, say whatever you want about Kyle. Say whatever you want about Kyle. It's him and Westbrook. They are the guys that can go so far. I don't know if that's a do-rag, a headpiece. You probably have to tell me I've been bald for 30 years. No, I, I sleep in one of those to make sure the curls stay, stay right. So is he trying to keep the curls right? I mean, you know, you got to keep the hair. You got to keep the hair tight. Honestly, the shoe jacket headpiece combo with the glasses. But does like, that not give you tablecloth vibes? I hope bit? so. Tablecloths are expensive in this world. All right. Well, I need one actually. If you're looking for a gift to give me, whose um, number is that? We got numbers up on. Let's the screen. take also... a live look into the Philadelphia 76ers Washington Wizards game. The Wizards are up. 
93.85 in this one, Rich. This one, you know, look, they got enough. That's what that's what Joel Embiid says. No, you got enough to win a lot of games in the regular season. You have enough. But if anybody that's ever won a championship and he's as a player in a role position, you need more to win a championship because right now you're probably the fifth best team in this league. Well, the 76ers, they're 6-1 and one record this month entering today. That's the best record in the Eastern Conference. It's tied with the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. Do you have genuine faith in this team? I, I do have faith. I think this team can get to a conference finals, but winning a championship, like that that small like window game of inches. Did you see Montrell's arrow? Okay, I see you, big fella. I mean, he's. But if if the Wizards keep playing like that, you know they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Well, we're going to have more NBA today coming up in 60 seconds. Well, his name is Kevin Graves. When I was younger, he was the first person to actually teach me organized basketball. So I feel like without him, I wouldn't be, you know, who I am today because he taught me everything from, you know, the offensive side to defensive schemes. He, he developed this thing with me called racking and uh, his random acts of kindness. You know, he's one of those guys that's, he's helped out a lot of us. The Pacers and the Clippers, they are underway across the street from our studios in, we're not calling it Staples Center anymore, Crypto.com Arena, so you can see the Pacers, they are down to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Pacers, they've lost nine of their last ten and are on a three-game losing streak right now. What do they need to do to turn this around, Richard? <laughs> Quit. <laughs> they suck. No, no, all kidding aside. We're in timeout. No, 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 I'm saying, look, when you go on record and say that we're going to sell everyone, I just, I hate to break it to you, but you guys know when you put in your two weeks, you know that, that like everybody just kind of stops working for those two weeks, but they said that they were selling everyone, so they're getting minimum effort right now. Well, and DeMontis Sabonis, 30 triple doubles this season. That is nothing to sneeze at, Mark. Yeah, I just talked to Brogdon the other day, and I'm like, what are you guys going to do? 30 he double said, doubles. Well, the good thing is they're starting to get used to Rick Carlisle. Yeah, Rick. Rick takes the a coach, which is his third coach. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Three years. Yeah, Rick is a great coach, but it takes a little bit of getting used to him as a veteran. But I'm sorry, when you're the Pacers and they basically tell you, yeah. "Hey, we're looking at best offers for everyone because they want to rebuild." At that point in time, hey. for me, it's about my numbers and it's about like making sure I stay healthy. And Rick's a good piano player. Yeah, so very maybe good. Maybe play some sad music after the game after all these losses. Yeah, I'm sorry. You make tell him feel better. You, that'll, that'll help him a little bit. But if you tell him they're up for sale like I'm sorry if somebody tell me they breaking up with me I'm not buying them roses no more I ain't taking them out to dinner but okay. hey Sykes was in the TBT though right like you could you could play for the Pacers right now probably there there's probably don't don't give him that mark Come right? on. I do want to talk on the other side of the ball a little bit about Lance. the Los Angeles Clippers right Reggie Jackson he has been when I saw him in person he has impressed me this season what have you seen from him Mark He's nice, but Paul George is up in the suite somewhere. They need him to come down. Well, that and Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is Kawhi also. All right, you guys They're want to talk a little too. bit of football since NFL Live is coming up next? We have a big game. Rams? We have the Rams. <laughs> and the Cards? Who do you got? Go. Rams I got Rams cars. all day. Rams I'm from all Arizona, day. and I'm picking the Rams. Because the Cronkies, right? That's well, why well, you're well, picking the Rams. Get in the day. I know, I'm in LA. I was born in LA. But I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Jesse Mermis. Grew up with him. Known him since I was 15. He is coaching the Orlando Magic tonight uh, in replacement. Uh, what's his Jamal name? Yeah, that guy, too. NFL Live is next. Good luck, Jesse. I love you, brother. <laughs> 